You have to have been away in some remote island with no internet access to have missed the tsunami of news and articles and social media posts about ChatGPT these last few months. ChatGPT, which officially launched in November 2022, became an overnight superstar, gaining a million users in just a couple of months. Now contrast that with Google, which took over a year to reach that milestone, and you can see why it seems to have taken the world by storm. ChatGPT is what's called generative AI, and I'll talk a little bit more about generative AI just to kind of give you better context of what it is, etc. But the reason I want to chat with you about this topic in the first place is because I believe that this is a monster curveball that we're being served right now. And this has huge potential to impact our lives and particularly those who are still in the workforce. Now, when I say impact our lives, ChatGPT and just GPT, the technology in general, has both opportunities and risks for us. And if you are a midlifer who is still employed in the corporate world, I want you to not ignore what's happening, pay attention, and prepare. In this episode, I'm going to give a brief high-level explanation of generative AI. Don't worry if you're not a tech geek. I'm going to speak in plain English. Most importantly, I will talk about why you need to pay attention and what you can do so you're not caught unaware and flat-footed when this thing hits. You're listening to Second Breaks, a show where we talk about doing better, feeling better, and just getting even better in the second half of our lives. If it's your first time here and you don't know anything about me, my name's Lou Blazer. I'm the creator and publisher of Midlife Cues, a weekly resource for transitions and personal growth in our middle years. You can check it out and subscribe at midlifecues, that's C-U-E-S dot com. Okay, let's start with the basics. What in the world is ChatGPT? So ChatGPT, that's one word, is the latest version of the technology or language model called Generative Pre-Trained Transformer, or GPT for short. ChatGPT is actually the third generation of this language. GPT has been around for a while. The first uh, generation of this language model was launched in 2018 by OpenAI. That's the organization that's responsible for the development of GPTs. According to their website, OpenAI is an AI research and deployment company, and their mission is to ensure that artificial intelligence benefits all of humanity. We've been using earlier versions of this technology, this language model, for several years now. For example, when you use a website where there's a chat box that's powered by a bot, that's basically earlier versions of GPT at work. Now, ChatGPT, the one that was just launched in November 2022, up until March was the most powerful version of this technology. When I asked ChatGPT to tell me what made it better than previous versions, this is its response. As an AI language model, 
My main improvement over previous versions is my increased capability to understand and generate human-like language. This means that I can better understand the context and meaning of words and sentences, and I can generate responses that are more accurate, diverse, and natural-sounding. Additionally, I have a larger database of knowledge and information that I can draw from to answer questions and complete tasks. My creators have also introduced new features and functionality that enhance my abilities, such as more advanced text completion and translation capabilities, as well as the ability to learn and adapt from user interactions in real time. So the short version of what ChatGPT said is that it has the ability to generate outputs that are indistinguishable from human-created output. You can't tell anymore whether it was generated by a human or by ChatGPT. Now, I said up until March, because just last month, March 2023, GPT-4 was released. So this is the fourth generation, which is even more impressive, even more powerful than chat GPT. GPT-4 is the first paid version of this technology. It's easy to get though, with just $20 a month, you can get it. Oh, and I should probably mention that chat GPT is uh, free, uh, at least up until now. So you can just go to OpenAI and, uh, and open an account yourself. So that's like basic chat GPT info. Why do we need to pay attention to these developments in generative AI? Now, a friend of mine noted that the world has been automating tasks for a long time now, which is true. This is nothing new, he told me. Except, I believe, this is different and is more, way much more disruptive. Generative AIs are learning and thinking models. They're not just describing or interpreting existing information. They are literally learning and generating new content. So the roles that we have grown to think that are outside the reach of automation because they require higher level education and complex thinking, well, yeah, those roles are exactly what's at stake here. We're talking about accountants mathematicians, designers, analysts, scientists, writers, teachers. And I'm not the one saying this. What I've just said is off of a paper recently published by OpenAI itself. Remember the organization leading the research and development of GPTs? That's what they said. Um, I've linked their report in the show notes. It's both insightful and sobering <laughs> at the same time, let me tell you. Now, I talk about this topic here on the podcast and also in Midlife Cues because I believe that we are being hit by a monster curveball that can affect hundreds of thousands, in fact, millions, according to the latest Goldman Sachs economic report. Reading here from the Goldman's report. Using data on occupational tasks in both the US and Europe. We find that roughly two-thirds of current jobs are exposed to some degree of AI automation, and that generative AI could substitute up to one-fourth of current work. Extrapolating our estimates globally suggests that generative AI could expose the equivalent of 300 million full-time jobs to automation. Let that sink in for a second, and again, link to the report in the show notes. 
So real talk here, midlifers, we have always faced higher risks of displacement when companies start cutting jobs. With this AI monster curveball, our risk of displacement has increased exponentially, which means, and I'm leaping over many stones to the conclusion here, many of us could be forced to retire earlier than we want to or are prepared to. So how do we prepare then? Especially if you're in corporate America, how do we prepare for this monster curveball? If you Google this question, how do I prepare? How do I protect myself from being automated out of my job? How do I protect from AI? Those kinds of stuff. You're going to find articles out there that talk about the best way of preparing yourself is by improving, quote unquote, uniquely human skills that are impossible to automate. A common example is that if you're in customer service, you're going to have to double down on improving empathy, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, complex problem-solving skills, that kind of stuff. Well, there's nothing wrong with improving these skills. But real talk here, no matter how great you are or you become in these skills, if the industry is headed towards fully automating and using AI to do customer service, you're still going to be impacted, right? And I even question whether some of these skills that there are enumerated, critical thinking, complex problem solving skills are really uniquely human skills at this point. Not to mention, you don't develop these skills overnight. I'm not saying do not learn to do these things well. Whether your position is at risk or not, no matter what you're doing, these skills are important and we could all do better at them. What I want to share here, though, are some very practical things that you can do right now to better inform yourself so you can prepare for what's likely to come and so you can precision yourself the best way that you can. So just by context, why do I know these things that I'm about to rattle off? So just a brief background. Uh, for close to two decades, I was a management consultant. And in this capacity, I helped leaders implement change in their organizations. Many of these changes were tech-driven, and they resulted in reorganizations and operational changes. I've led several reorganization projects that had workforce implications. I was also employed by a very progressive company that was, actually still is, at the leading edge of change always reinventing itself. So we in the company, we were used to, as they say, changing tires as the car is going 60 miles an hour. So I have a solid and deep understanding of what happens organizationally when a company is implementing change that affects the workforce. My last role in corporate America is as the IT strategy leader for a medical device company. So I was responsible for strategic change in tech. And I personally have carried out several career pivots in my lifetime. So basically, I've also got a degree uh, from the School of Hard Knocks. So with that bit of background, here goes. Have a pen and paper handy and jot these things out. Again, all of these things are practical. You can do them immediately. And before I even start to rattle them off, if you have any questions, you can reach me on LinkedIn. Just search for Lou Blazer or email me at lou at secondbreaks.com. Okay, here goes. 
in no particular order. Observe and pay close attention to what your company is doing in terms of AI. This isn't going to be something that happens overnight for your company. There will be signs of change. So now is not the time to close your eyes. Read announcements. Read emails from your company leaders. Try and discern what's being said between the lines. Leaders usually signal the direction they're headed. That's part of organizational change management, and it's their responsibility to inform stakeholders. So pay attention to what they're saying and how they may be talking about new strategy or new direction for the company. Also, you can just ask. Go to your boss and ask if they know what the company is planning to do with respect to AI. Don't ask direct questions like, should I be worried? Is my job secure? Because you're unlikely to get a straight answer unless an announcement is imminent. So don't even ask those questions. Ask more along the lines of, do you know what we're doing with AI? How is the company taking advantage of AI? Those kinds of questions, more directionally strategic uh, inquiry, basically. Read up on what's happening in your industry as far as AI is concerned. If you work in the banking industry, for example, what's going on with other banks? How are they implementing AI? Open your ears, basically listen in to what's going on elsewhere. Read up on AI news in general. Open a chat GPT account. It's free. It's very easy. If, in the, if I think it's global, but for sure, if you're in the US, it's, it's free. It's easy to open an account. Try it out for yourself. Do not, do not be among those who don't even know what it is. You know what they say about the digital divide, right? This perception that midlifers are not tech savvy, that we're behind the times, that, you know, we're not easily adaptable to change. Do not prove this stereotype. Learn what it is. You know, try it for yourself so that when they start talking about it, you will know <laughs> what they're talking about and you will have experienced it. Position yourself as not anti-change. The more that you project that you are scared or not open to change, you're going to be perceived as against progress or not in line with the company's strategy going forward. Real talk here. It's hard to say this or even listen to this. The reality is they are not going to bring people along who are going to fight kicking and screaming. They're not. They're just not. And I know what about loyalty? What about caring for their people? What about all the years that we've given service to the company? All the hard work? I know. I'm with you. I hear you. Having said that, really, you don't want to be seen as anti-change. So project flexibility and adaptability and a willingness to learn. Also, begin to inventory your skills and begin to brainstorm on other roles that you can play within your company or industry. So think about lateral moves, right? Think about where else your skills can be deployed or could be useful in your company as they move forward. If you have always wanted to start a business, if you've 
been thinking about oh someday when I retire or you know one of the things I wanted to do start a business look into starting one on the side now if you have been neglecting your network now is the time to restart that engine the best time to network is when you don't need anything from them when you when you're not looking for a job basically and you're just reaching out so start you know just start saying hello to people in your network or your LinkedIn or people you know, right? Just reach out, say hello. Now, I'm not going to suggest brush up your resume. Here's why. Brushing up your resume is not going to help much if you don't understand what's happening in your industry, right? So just brushing up your resume and talking about what you do, if that's no longer the general direction in the industry or in the particular field of work that you're in, that's not going to help. So make sure you are in the know about what other companies in your space, in your field, in your industry are doing and the direction they're heading. And then if you want to brush up on your resume, then do it then. But first understand what they're doing as it relates to artificial intelligence. Again, if you have any questions about any of the things that I rattled off just now, find me on LinkedIn. Just look for Lou Blazer on LinkedIn. I'm very active in LinkedIn. I am not an alarmist by nature, and I love technology. I am excited about all these tech developments that are happening in our lifetime. I have always wanted to own my own Jarvis, for example. So, you know, um, if robots were ever to be available easily and they're not cost prohibitive, I'll own one. This one though, this GPT, it's a massive curveball that will affect those in the workforce and it's already in motion. The last thing we want to do is stake our heads in the ground. As my friend used to tell me, listen to the drum beat, Lou. We cannot turn our deaf ears on this one. Let's be paying attention. Let's be looking at our options proactively. Let's be preparing and repositioning ourselves. So on the show notes, I've uh, included links to uh, additional reference materials on AI. So just head on over to secondbreaks.com for the show notes. And if you need some help in looking at your options and repositioning yourself, I can help you. Um, I offer private intensive calls to help you brainstorm, plan, and execute your next chapter plans. So these are one-time consultation calls, not long-term packages. We can just get on a 30-minute or a 90-minute call and have a deep dive discussion on your particular topic or question or situation. So to find out whether this is the help you need, if I can help you and my areas of expertise, head on over to midlifecues.com forward slash consult. All right, so that's all I have for you with respect to this topic. Uh, the next episode is actually a very special one for me as I'm hitting the 200th episode of the podcast. And I'll be joined by my dear friend, Yvonne Marchese of the Late Bloomer Living Podcast to reflect on how much we've changed since we started our podcasts. I hope you'll join us for our uh, fireside chat. I'll talk with you in a couple weeks. Keep on making your dent, my friend. Cool beans. Cool beans.